you to enjoy at your own pleasure. Loch Farm Ice Cream. This is Pure West Radio. Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. With the biggest news for Pembrokeshire, I'm Kim Thomas. Following the death of Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, on Friday, the royal family issued a statement on Twitter. It said, It's with deep sorrow that Her Majesty the Queen has announced the death of her beloved husband, His Royal Highness the Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. His Royal Highness passed away peacefully this morning at Windsor Castle. As is the case whenever a member of the royal family dies, there are strict plans in place for what happens next. Each member of the royal family has their own code name, detailing the plans in place in the event of their death. In Prince Philip's case, this code name is Operation Fourth Bridge, referring to an Edinburgh Railway Bridge as the Duke of Edinburgh. Lord Chamberlain will consult with Prime Minister Boris Johnson before consulting with the Queen to establish her wishes regarding the announcement of her husband's death. The rest of the world, including the press, will then be notified via an official statement from Buckingham Palace. Flags will then be lowered to half-mast as the nation enters a period of national mourning, during which the Queen is unlikely to conduct any of her usual affairs, given time to grieve. There have been four new cases of coronavirus recorded in the Hewilvar Health Board area, according to the figures of Friday, April the 9th. Public Health Wales data showed two new cases in Carmarthenshire, one in Pembrokeshire and one in Ceredigion. The total number of cases across the three counties is now 15,909, with 3,436 of those in Pembrokeshire. Across Wales, 114 new cases have been confirmed and one new suspected COVID-19 death has been reported, taking the total number of deaths due to COVID-19 in Wales to 5,528. Campaigners are protesting against Network Rail's tree-felling project on the railway line near Crino. Protesters put up banners that said, Shame on you, Network Rail. Stop killing trees. And where's your heart, Simon? Angry at the trees being chopped down near Narbeth. Network Rail say the work is being done after carrying out extensive preliminary ecological appraisals and that no wildlife, including nesting birds and bats, will be adversely affected. Lucy Yanukupulu said the community is distraught and outraged by the indiscriminated destruction of trees by Network Rail alongside the railway in the Crino area. We do not understand why all trees have been cut and why the trees are not just reduced. There is no sign of a replanting scheme in place. A spokesman for Network Rail said we are removing hazardous trees in order to maintain a safe railway for passengers, our staff and people living nearby. Although some trees can be carefully managed by reducing their height or select branches, in some cases removing the tree completely is the only safe option. We know how important it is to preserve wildlife corridors and protect biodiversity along the railway and our teams are working closely with the environmental specialists to ensure we do just that. MP for Carmarthen West and South Pembrokeshire, Simon Hart, said they, Network Rail, have informed us that the trees are being removed with the necessary legal consents for safety reasons. We have passed this on to the constituents in question. A man from Haverford West pleaded guilty to assault in the town. 20-year-old John Harvey of Winch Lane, Haverford West, assaulted a man on Thursday, December the 3rd. Harvey admitted the charge on Tuesday, April the 6th, at Haverford West Magistrates Court. He was given a community order to attend rehabilitation and made to carry out 100 hours of unpaid work along with paying compensation of £150, surcharge of £95 and costs of £85. And that's it. You're up to date with the Pembrokeshire News with me, Kim Thomas, here 
on Pure West Radio. Follow Pure West Radio on Twitter at Pure West Radio. I hear a lot about sinners Don't think that I'll be a saint But I might go down to the river Cause the way that the sky opens up when we touch it It's making me say That the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Feel so holy, 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 holy Oh God Running to the altar like a track star Can't wait another second Cause the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Feel so holy Don't do well with the drama And no, I can't stand it being fake No, 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 no I don't believe in Nirvana But the way that we love in the night gave me life, baby I can't explain it. The way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Cause the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Feel so holy They say we're too young and the, Then the players say don't go crushing Wise men say fools rushing But I don't know They say we're too young and the, Then the players say don't go crushing Wise men say fools are rushing But I don't know the rapper The first step, please, is the father. Might be the hardest to take. When you come out of the water, I'm a believer. My heart is fleshy. Life is short with a temper, like Joe Pesci. They always come and sing your praises. Your name is catchy, but they don't see you how I see you. Parlay and Desi, cross tween tween Hesse. Hit the Jets beat when they get messy. Go lefty like Lionel Messi. Let's take a trip and get the Vespas or rent a jet ski. I know the spots that got the best. We going next week. I wanna honor, wanna honor you. Rise groom, I'm my father's child. I know when the son takes the first step, the father's proud. If you make it to the water, he'll part the clouds. I know he made you a snack like Oscar Proud. Suffer it to be so now, gotta clean it up. Formalize the union and communion he could trust. I know I ain't leaving you like I know he ain't leaving us. I know we believe in God and I know God believes in us. You hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me. Feel so holy, 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 holy. Saturday morning across Pembrokeshire and wherever you are listening, you are very welcome to Pure West Radio. 
I'm Ben Stone, Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. On the show, between now and nine, we have an exclusive interview with the manager of Haverford West County, Wayne Jones, ahead of today's game with Kevin Druids. We look into Swansea City's stuttering promotion campaign and Gordon Thomas joins me to reflect on a disappointing Easter weekend for the Welsh rugby regions. Let's kick off Saturday morning on Pure West's Sports. Well, once again, a very good morning and welcome to Pure West Sport on Pembroke's Pure West Radio. I'm Ben Stone. Really good to have your company. Uh, we are going to be joined by the Haverford West County manager, Wayne Jones, before nine. He'll be joining Bill Kahn and I to talk ahead of their game with Kevin Druids today and rugby with Gordon Thomas to come. Uh, but let's start with football and Fraser Watson will be with me in a few moments time. But it was a really miserable Easter for Swansea City. They were beaten on Good Friday by Birmingham. 1-0 and then on Easter Monday they also lost 1-0 at home to Preston. It means their hopes of automatic promotion have been dashed but they'll be looking to cement a place in the championship playoffs when they go to Millwall at lunchtime today. Here's the Swansea manager Steve Cooper reflecting on the recent downturn in form. We've just got to get back to winning games you know we, that's, all, that's all that matters now is winning games and of course we want to do it by performances, we want to be confident you know and, and it's hard you know, but at the end of the day, success isn't easy. You know, and you've got to get through the rocky patches. You've got to get through the difficult moments. Are we going through? And absolutely. You know, I'm not dressing that up in any way, shape, or form. We are going through a difficult period, but we've got to get through it. We've got to get through it. If somebody said we were going to be fourth with seven games to go right at the start of the season, then you know, I think that a lot of people would have taken it. So we got to, you know, we got to put things into perspective, put a little bit of context on on the situation. And, and use that as motivation to get through this difficult period. Because as I said, we're going through one. We're going through a difficult period. But, as I said, success ain't easy and you've got to get through difficult periods. You've got to deal with the downs to, to get what you deserve in the end. Well, that's the Swansea City manager, Steve Cooper, talking after that disappointing defeat on Easter Monday. And to talk about that and preview today's game... And a look at some of the other football that's happening today. Really pleased to be joined at the start of the show by our very own Fraser Watson, uh, who was actually at that Swansea game on Easter Monday. Morning, Fraser. How are you? Not too bad. Ben, slightly nervous after the way things have gone in recent times. Got Swansea's lunchtime kickoff at Millwall today. Comes a bit early in the weekend for me because the poor result could spoil the rest of it. But we hope mm. for an update in form, don't we? It was good to hear Steve Cooper speaking so frankly. I know he's clearly disappointed with the recent form, but he always fronts up, doesn't he? And he gives a very honest assessment of, of what he thinks. What's your view on, on the recent performances, Fraser? And where does Swansea need to improve this lunchtime? First and foremost, Ben, they have to carry more threat. They haven't scored a goal in over four games of football. They changed the formation on Monday, which people have been calling for. They started with three up front and didn't muster a shot on target in 90 minutes. And, you know, they, they've come through a lot of close games. They've had some tight finishes this year. That There's two games in a row where Andrea Ayew scored last-minute penalties. And, and 
At one point, it looked like they were building some kind of momentum with that. And it looked like they had the grit and the determination to win the games and last the pace. But at the same time, it wasn't sustainable. You know, there's, there's only so long you go through winning games by keeping clean sheets and having one or two shots on target and taking the only chance that comes your way. And, and unfortunately, that's come to a head now. So first and foremost, they have to carry more threat, Ben. They're not showing enough dynamism or enough movement in the final third or enough cutting edge. And there's no doubt the pressure is on today as well, because if results were to go badly for Swansea and if they were to drop points at Millwall, that 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 gap from from Bournemouth, who are just outside the playoffs, could be down to one point. And we, and we wouldn't have thought a few weeks ago that was possible when we were looking up the table to say Swansea could still get automatic promotion. That lead's been eroded away, hasn't it? Well, it was that Friday night win, wasn't it, over Norwich City? And after that, they went into early February and the talk then was that it got it got to the point where Swansea City would be disappointed if they didn't achieve automatic promotion. Now that's gone ten points off Watford. We forget the game in hand. Now that's a pipe dream. It's it, the gap that's looking very precarious now is out of Swansea to Bournemouth in seventh place of four points. As you just pointed out, could be down to one by the end of this weekend. It's no longer a question of aiming for top two. It's simply a question of staying in top six, Ben. But it's not a mentality you can really afford to be in because if you, you're just in the mindset of clinging on and clinging on to a playoff base and looking at the sides coming up from, from behind you, invariably that affects your mentality and it just keeps pressure on yourself. So somehow they've got to find a way to, to free themselves of the mental block mm. they're in and, and to go out today and, and to play with a bit of freedom, to play minus pressure as well. Well, that's the lunch time game for the Swans today. Uh, plenty of Premier League matches across the weekend as well. Uh, the early kickoff today is Man City against Leeds and it looks like Man City's title parade is in full swing, doesn't it, Fraser? If they get a win today, they'll be that bit closer to winning the league again. Yeah, I think they're four wins from having the title from Fian, but that's done and dusted. I think far greater significance to Manchester City is what is Wednesday night's second leg in Dortmund, of course. That's Pep Guardiola, that's not his style, though, to rest players. He likes to go for it in every game. He likes to keep winning momentum going. So it'll be an interesting game. We've seen these this season. They're so brave and sometimes careless in the way they attack. And they have come stuck against the top teams, actually, haven't they? Because they have just attacked at will. They haven't been prepared to sit back. And it's cost them in, in the bigger games. They've decided they've been on the end of some heavy score lines, actually. So it'll be interesting to see how they go about today. Because as, as great a coach as Marco Bielsa is, they do have to learn to adapt when they're playing sides, you can punish them. And uh, Manchester City will punish them if they go yeah, home today. Only two more games today, actually. Liverpool against Villa at three. And Chelsea go to Crystal Palace. And, and that result um, on Easter Saturday for Chelsea, where they were beaten 5-2 by West Brom, uh, they'll be looking to show that was a complete freak. Yes, they do. And, and Thomas Tuchel had such a good run when he first came in. But, you know, quite often the, the real measure of side is how they respond to a defeat. And they've had that defeat. Now they did respond, in fairness, on Porto last Wednesday night. Very good 2-0 them there. Like Manchester City, they'll have an eye on that second leg as well. But I'd expect them to go to Palace and win. And, and Liverpool-Villa, we all know what happened at Villa Park, don't we, earlier in the season, which was the, the catalyst of things to come for Liverpool. So mm. they'll want... They won't pay back for that, but more importantly, they need some momentum as well. They need a solid defensive display and they need to have a cutting edge up front, which we know they have because they go into a huge game with Madrid next week as well, don't they? Uh, we should also mention as well, uh, tomorrow, West Ham Leicester at five past two and Tottenham Man U at 4.30. The race for the uh, top four might look a little bit clearer after the games have been completed. West Ham are, are looking in great form. Um, Tottenham aren't particularly. Uh, Manchester United, a bit inconsistent, but grinding out wins and Leicester have been quite impressive. I, I think those two back-to-back -back games tomorrow, Fraser, might just give us the answer about how that top four might shape up. 
Yeah, we said this COVID-affected season might be slightly random. Who'd have thought it would be here talking about West Ham Leicester as a potential Champions League place decider? But no, both David Moyes and Brendan Rodgers done great jobs there. And it would be good to see one of them, at least one of them, get in, really. Um, but yeah, Spurs, Manchester United, we talked about Villa Liverpool being amazing first time around. So was that one. You know, I think it was part of a double header and what was a remarkable day and a 6-1 win for Spurs. I can't see a 6-1 win for Spurs this time around. I think United are a lot more defensively sound than they were at that time. But but Tottenham, you say, have got to add or at least get back some kind of ruthless edge. Now, they're throwing away too many leads, if you pointed out. We saw the debacle in Kiev, even last week against Newcastle, throwing away a 2-1 lead late on. And, and if you look at, actually, the amount of late goals they've conceded that have cost them two points in matches, they should be so much higher at the table. And, of course, they've got their own League Cup final coming up as well and they want momentum going to that so they'll be facing Manchester City City will be hell bent on a quadruple if he's still on by then so yeah a big big day on Sunday and okay. for Newcastle as well don't forget down the bottom away at Burnley they need mm. something desperately as well yeah they certainly do um, Fraser stay with us we're going to talk rugby with Gordon Thomas uh, in the next 15 minutes or so but we will have a look at the uh, women's six nations which are going on this afternoon Italy play England at two and Wales against Ireland is the five o'clock game in Paul B and Fraser's had a bit to say about the Wales women's side and we'll talk to him about that in just a few moments time it's Saturday morning on Pure West Sport Castle Hot Tubs are Wales's largest multi-award winning wellness company based right here in Pembrokeshire offering luxury hot tubs and swim spas to suit every need and budget. Check out their Pembrokeshire range of hot tubs inspired by the beautiful beaches and coastline of our county at castlehottubs.co.uk A warm welcome awaits at the new showroom on Vine Road in Johnston. Want to win a hot tub for a week? Tune into Pure West Radio every weekday morning at 10.45 and play Where's the Hot Tub for your chance to win. Castle Hot Tubs, the friendly company. Big enough to cope, small enough to care. Experience live local music in the heart of Narberth at the Queen's Hall. For over 60 years, the Queen's Hall have provided the best in high-quality music and events to the people of Pembrokeshire. A platform for multi-genre artists showcasing the best in the local music scene from the rock and rollers to hip-hop, jazz, folk, classical, and dance. Whatever you're seeing, the Queen's Hall provides an immersive music experience, both in person and at home. See thequeenshall.org.uk for all the info and on social media. Get more for your money at O.C. Davis Roundabout Garage, Nayland, the MG dealer for Pembrokeshire. Adventure awaits with 0% APR across the MG range, including the MG HS, the new MG ZS and MG3. Feel the power of electric motoring with zero advance payment on the mobility scheme. And as a thank you to our key workers, you can enjoy a contribution of up to £8,500. Don't forget, all new MGs come with a seven-year warranty as standard. For more information, go online to to www.ocdavis.com or call 01646 600858 At Folly Farm you're guaranteed a fun family day out Explore the zoo, experience the barn, have fun at the fairground or just go and play You get to pick your own adventure and it's never been more affordable With 15% off day tickets purchased in advance online or the great value annual passes where you only have to visit more than twice to start saving What better time to experience the excitement that a day at Folly Farm brings. Zoo, barn, 
fairground? Play. Pick your own adventure at Folly Farm. Download the Pure West Radio mobile app from the App Store or Google Play.
Red and something got me started on Pure West Radio for Saturday morning. You're really welcome to Pure West Sports with G&G Builders. I'm Ben Stone and Fraser Watson is with me. And you may remember over Christmas on Pure West Sport, we spoke to Pembroke Docks' Jordan Hart, top badminton player. Uh, she was actually live in Warsaw in Poland when she joined us on the show and the video is still on the Pure West Radio Facebook page. Well, this week, Jordan confirmed that Poland will now be her official permanent base and she'll be involved with the Polish Association with a Polish flag in tournaments from here on in. A brave decision. Uh, Jordan will be talking to us again on Monday evening after 8 o'clock and again, the video will be live on the Facebook page. But Fraser, I know you followed this story really closely and, and she's an excellent talent and so hardworking and she's been really well supported here in Pembrokeshire. What was your reaction when you heard this story break during the week? I wasn't overly surprised, if I'm honest, Ben. There have been, has been indifference in the past between Jordan Badminton and Wales. It's something I've written about and spoken to her about at great length. She hasn't had the sufficient financial support in, in terms of her travelling or, or training base and facilities that, that she sadly needed um, from her own country. That's one of the reasons she relocated to Poland in the first place. And Poland's has proved a great setting for her. It, it's allowed her to move up through the rankings. Um, and while that indifference was there with Badminton Wales and this opportunity came up, I guess it's something that would really progress her career. It's sad in a way. We all want to see her representing Wales, don't we? But um, she's taken a brave decision. But there's one I can understand why she's taken. And, and it'll be a kick in the teeth to Badminton Wales, but it'll also be a wake-up call as well. Because they didn't handle the initial fallout, for want of a better word, very well with Jordan or other athletes. And, you know, if, if you want... Athletes to represent your country at international level and play the professional, but you've, you've got to support them at times, Ben, and, and, and they didn't. So she's made the decision now. Good luck to her and, and we'll still be supporting her. You will be in Polish colours and I hope it works out for her. Oh, definitely. No doubt she's incredibly hardworking and, and very passionate about her sport. And it, it's a sad loss that she she won't be uh, representing Wales. But I did like her statement. She said she'll always be the little girl from Pembroke Dock chasing her dreams, but now a new adventure. And she'll always have support in Pembrokeshire. There's no doubt about that. Oh, absolutely. She's a very grounded individual. She's not one to forget her roots, despite what this decision might imply, you know, and, and she's always spoke their gratitude to people in Pembrokeshire and, and, of course, her family and friends who helped her on this way. So, yeah, it won't change a bit in terms of support she gets back home. I'm, I'm sure of that. Uh, also this week, Fraser, you've been writing your weekly column, which is on diesport.com. Uh, and today uh, you, you focused on the fact that Wales are playing Ireland five o'clock today in the Women's Six Nations. Uh, but you, you had some quite a bit to say, really, um, that the headline was Wales women semi-professionals muffled by an amateurish blanket of silence. Um, and it was a really good piece. And I'd recommend anyone reads that. What, what was the driving force behind uh, your views there, Fraser? And, and why do you think this is a bit of an issue right now? I think from a personal point of view, Ben, it's been prolonged frustration. I've tried to support the women's side through the media. I've made many, many press inquiries to the WRU about significant situations, the departure of a coach or, you know, the continued omission of someone right now, like Sean Harris, who's a major player for Wales, you know, one of the, arguably their best player within the last few years. And you never get any kind of response back. And it's really frustrated me how... how Women, the problems in the women's game are always almost cast to the side. There's a very much an attitude of nothing to see here from the WRU, which, which for me just shows a lot of disrespect and almost casts them as irrelevant. If you want to put it into context, the Roland Phillips situation, their coach, do you imagine 
Warren Gatlin suddenly upping and leaving, just saying he fancied some time out, going away for six months and then being quietly dismissed. It just wouldn't happen. You know, that there would have to be some kind of clarification. And I think it's disrespectful for them. And, and I feel sorry for them because they're a group of players. They work extremely hard. Their travel schedule just to play for Wales is incredible. There's very little by way of financial gain. And you look at things like Paris, they're exposed in Paris against a team which is entirely semi-team professional when, when they're mostly amateur themselves, you know, and they've got to play that fixture. Within 12 hours of playing on Saturday night, then they landed back in, in Cardiff. You know, it was an early morning flight. It isn't sufficient time to debrief any kind of performance or to properly recover in professional sport these days or international sport, however you want to word it. And they seem to get this great contradiction to the WRU who are constantly encouraging the public to support them, to support the community game at the female level and to support the hubs and so on. And yet they get so little to support at the top end, you know. And and this Sean and Harris admission is just, for me, the, the latest in line of a baffling number of decisions regarding the women's team that has gone unexplained. So so that really was the catalyst. And, and there seemed to be, you know, feelings of others behind it expressed as well. And I don't think I'm the only one frustrated at the way I feel they've been hindered. I think this is a subject we'll pick up again on, on Pure West Sports, certainly on our Monday night show, because I, I do think you make some really fair points. And, and there does need to be more equality, it, just in terms of the way the men's and women's side are run. And you're just asking for them to have that more professional edge to them. What do you make of today's game, Fraser? They'll, they'll obviously be looking to bounce back, won't they? I mean, it's, it's a game they can certainly win against the Irish, because for the you know, slightly chastening reason. Ireland, like Wales, are pretty much an amateur setup. Ben. And traditionally, over the last few years, Wales and Ireland, Scotland, Italy have all been close games. It's France, England, who are a level above. So it's certainly one they can win today. Um, I'd like to see them win it for, for morale, if anything else. It was a tough night for them out in France. And, and we should also mention as well, on, on a more positive note, Ben, from a Pembrokeshire point of view, Jasmine Joyce, obviously not available today. She did play in France, but she's teamed up with the, the GB7 squad. But Lisa Neumann and now Courtney Kate on the wings. Courtney from Tenby making her first start in Six Nations. So whilst we've spoken about the negative impact, it, it is a good representation of Pembrokeshire there. And yeah, it's certainly a game they can win today, but I think it'll be a tight one. Their games with Ireland traditionally have been the last couple of years. OK, follow Fraser on Twitter and check out his column on diesport.com. And as I say, I'm sure that will be something that we pick up on the Monday night show uh, in the future. No doubt about that. Gordon's going to join us. It wasn't a great Easter weekend in the men's game either for the Welsh region. So we'll, we'll talk a bit about that and, and where they go from there uh, with Gordon in just a few moments time right here on Pure West Sport. On the other side of the street I knew stood a girl that looked like you. I guess that's deja vu, but I thought this can't be true Cause you moved to West L.A. or New York or Santa Fe Or wherever to get away from me Viral. 
drive by on pure west radio i'm ben stone good morning if you're just joining us we've got the haverford west county manager wayne jones joining us bill khan will be with me as well uh, because the bluebirds play kevin druids today wayne will be with us from the team hotel previewing today's game and having a chat about haverford west season so far and of course that the season now is split the table is split so it's the top six in one section and the bottom six in the other and the bluebirds have got a really big busy programme of matches coming up so we'll talk to Wayne very soon before then let's have a look at the rugby shall we because it wasn't a great Easter weekend for the Welsh regions and we should have a look at the the reasons why with our very own Gordon Thomas who's with me on Pure West Sports good morning Gordon how are you Good morning, Ben. I'm very good, thank you. I enjoyed my Easter break. Did you? Yeah, very much so. Um, I don't think the Welsh regions did so much, though, because after the highs of the Six Nations, if we just reflect on the, the Challenge Cup weekend over Easter, uh, London Irish 41, the Blues 35, Ospreys 24, Newcastle 28, uh, Dragons 39, Northampton 43, and then on Easter Sunday, the Scarlets 14, Sale 57. Uh, what did you make of that, Gordon? On the back of the Six Nations, it was a good weekend was it oh dear you could say the welsh regions implode in europe ben can you you know it, it really was a bad weekend um it is a difficult one for the welsh internationals coming back i'm not making excuses for the regions but i think we've had such a high playing in um, the six nations and winning the championship i think the play- players really need a little break it's hard to sustain staying at that peak level as they have done for the last couple of months so um I'm not making excuses, but they were really very, very poor results at the weekend. We start with the Ospreys at home against Newcastle Falcons, Ben. Uh, It finished 24-28. 
Um, the, the Ospreys were boosted as well with the return of six Welsh internationals mm -hmm. to the team. So you would have thought they would have uh, quite easily comfortably got through this game. Um, Toby Booth's uh, Ospreys led 14-0. So they had a great start with trace, tries by Kieran Williams and Dan Evans. But the, back came the Falcons and levelled it 14-4, 14 uh, all at the break. So um, they got themselves right, right in it. The Ospreys then poor discipline. Uh, they lost Justin Tipperick and Adam Beard to uh, a yellow cards. So that put themselves under pressure. And then San Robertson scored a well-worked try. And Philip van der Volt added another to make the game safe despite a reply from Tom Botha. So a very disappointing mm. result for the Ospreys at the Liberty Stadium, yes. And they did have the lead at one stage mm, as well. They so they surrendered that, which isn't great, is it, you know? No, no, that was that was a surprising one. And, and as, as you say, Gordon, the, the others didn't do particularly well either, did no, they? No, no, we can start with the Dragons. They mm. lost 39-43 in a high-scoring game against North uh, Hampton at Rodney Parade. The Dragons are actually leading 39-24 with 70 minutes to go. They leaked three tries in the closing stages. Uh, there was a yellow card for Wales hooker Elliot D. Uh, and replacement Tom Collins uh, claimed the winning score four minutes from time. So that ended their European, uh, you know, uh, shot at a, a quarterfinal place. So that was gone. And then the other game was just down the road. Um, Cardiff Blues entertained London Irish and, and lower behold. Uh, the Blues lost 35-41 in a high-scoring uh, uh, game. Uh, the Blues conceded a try in the last minute to crash out of Europe. London Irish prop uh, Wool Goodrick Clark was sent off for a high tackle on 46 minutes, so you would have thought the Blues could have taken uh, advantage of uh, the numerical uh, you know, difference, uh, 15 against 14. And also Ben Loder also had a yellow card. So at one stage, London Irish were down to 13 men. The Blues were leading 32-20 with eight minutes left. And then Aussie Curtis uh, Rona dramatically went over in a, a nine-match try to snatch victory. Uh, unbelievable, Ben. The yeah, Blues threw it, threw it away, practically, really. They, they did. Won that. Die Young will not be pleased with the way they finished that game. I can tell you that now. So that those will games, be addressed though, next season. Those games on Easter Saturday were, were all fairly close, even though they went against the Welsh regions. Yeah, Unfortunately for, yeah. for the Scarlets, for Pembroke's region, uh, it was a really bad Easter Sunday. Uh, going down 57-14 at home to sale. I'm friends with quite a few Scarlets fans on social media and they weren't particularly happy, Gordon. No, I, it, it was a really, really poor result. Uh, one to really forget for both players and everybody involved at the Scarlets. Uh, I see that Hooker Aka van der Moe, he scored two first-half tries, while fly-half AJ McGinty kicked two conversions and three penalties to open up a 23-0 interval lead. McGinty finished with 32 points, uh, breaking Charlie Hodgson's individual record for a European game set in 2006, Ben. Uh, his haul included a try 
while wing Marlins Yard locked Josh Bowman and replacement scrum half Raphael Quirk also touched down. And McGinty's immaculate performance featured with 11 successful kicks out of 11. And that really put the nail in the Scarlet's coffin, unfortunately. There was no way back. They'll be very disappointed with that. A, a comprehensive defeat at Parker Scarlet's. There's no doubt about it. And just three games to go domestically now and, and quite a gap until they play again towards the back end of April. Uh, that that will be that will sting them a bit, though, Gordon, the manner of that defeat. They'll be looking oh, to bounce back. Con- confidence has really been, uh, you know, their confidence would have been really derailed, really, Ben. Uh, that is a, a really shocking result at home. I mean, that has to be their fortress, Parker Scarlet. Mm. And um, the English Premiership is a strong, strong division. And the, the difference we've seen at that weekend between the Pro 14 and the uh, Premiership, there's a big gulf. Uh, the English Premiership sides have got some really good international players playing for their particular sides, and uh, the all all our regions are actually struggling. As I said at the back end of a you know a Championship winning um, international, uh, mm. but it isn't. It, it is what it is at the end of the day. There's nothing. They just got to put it aside now and all regroup and try and finish strongly. And um, unfortunately, the European dreams have all gone, and that's what the holy grail is to do well in in those competitions. Mm. But uh, we'll have to wait and see how they finish now. And some of those players will be hoping to get the call to go on Lions duty, of course. Uh, we spoke to Fraser about the uh, Wales women's side. So we have to say good luck to them, Gordon. They'll, they'll be looking to give a, a better performance. They were beaten by a strong France side 53-0 last week. So they're, they're playing Ireland yeah. at five today. And they'll be looking yeah. to, to give a better showing, won't they? With some Pembrokeshire representation in that squad as well. Yeah, I think the scoreline should be a lot closer against Ireland. France are a really uh, well-drilled side and and they're they're basically Mm. semi-professional, to be fair. And the the Wales are still working on an amateurish uh, sort of level, Uh, not uh, taking anything away for playing for your country because that's what you, uh, you know, you do try to strive to play for the, the, the best that you can and Wales is at, at that level but there needs to be an influx of uh, more money projected in the women's game for Wales to improve on the international scene because England, New Zealand, Australia, France, those are way, mm. way, way ahead of uh, Wales at this uh, moment in time but it is great to see that women are participating in uh, rugby and um, playing for your country is uh, is uh, great so i wish them all the best against ireland it'll be a lot closer than what it was against france and uh, hopefully we will get the win um mm. i know lisa neumann is involved on the wing i don't think jazz joyce is uh, actually no. there. she may be involved with the gp she team is. in training for the olympics so she won't be uh, available um, very disappointment. I did read uh, Fraser's uh, about his uh, Whitland connections and Sean Ed Harris not being selected because she is in fine form, to be fair to her. And uh, it's really sad to see that a girl of her potential isn't picked on her country for her country uh, when she really should be. Mm, yeah, you're, you're quite right. OK, Gordon, you have a really good Saturday and we will look forward to speaking to you again Monday evening uh, from 7 until 9. We'll be live on Facebook again between 8 and 9, of course, on Pure West Radio. Have a good weekend. We'll see you then. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Take care. 
Have you seen the Queen's Hall recently? This fantastic refurbished community space is a multi-purpose venue right in the heart of Narberth. A venue that's enriched in 60 years of history. The Queen's Hall is the perfect place to enjoy an evening of top quality entertainment, a dinner date, or just a treat for that special someone. Look no further if you're an organiser looking for the ideal space to hold your function, whether it's a class, conference, or staff party. Contact the team at thequeenshall.org.uk or visit them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have it all at the Queen's Hall. Car trouble again? At OC Davis Roundabout Garage Nayland, we like to keep it simple. Offering you service plans from just under £10 a month. From affordable used cars to 0% finance. Not to mention, nil advance payment on the mobility scheme. You can guarantee you'll get more for your money. Put the pedal to the metal and get the most out of your motor. Call 01646 600858 or go online to ocdavis.com. At KO Carpets, you know quality is assured. We've been your local family-run business for over 40 years. We're widely recognised as Pembrokes' leading supplier of domestic and contract flooring. We provide full end-to-end service, free measures and estimates, free delivery and free fitting by our professional team of highly skilled fitters. Come and see us at Vine Road, Johnston, or drop us an email, sales at kocarpets.com. We're a knockout at flooring. Ah, enemy ahead. Fire. Where? I can't see them. Right there. Fire. Oh, man, you missed again. You need to get your eyes tested. Nah, mate. I ain't got the cash for that. You're in college. You can get an eye test for free. Really? From where? I'm with Mags Optics. They're in the Riverside Arcade in Halford West. Sick. I'll check it out. Eye tests are free for children under 16 and those aged 16 to 18 who are in full-time education. Glasses up to £85 are free for students aged 18 and under with an NHS voucher. Call Paul, Tina and the team on 01437 767744 or go to magsoptics.co.uk to book an appointment. Mags Optics are the proud sponsors of The Gaming Show on Pure West Radio. Follow Pure West Radio on Facebook. Wait a second. Search for Pure West Radio. And it is Pure West Radio for Saturday morning. I'm Ben Stone on Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Game day today for Haverford West County. And I'm delighted that the manager of the Bluebirds is with us ahead of today's game against Kevin Druids. That's Wayne Jones. And also with me is our very own Bill Kahn. Morning, Bill. How are you? Hi, fine. Thanks, Ben. Looking forward to another day of sport here and there on the telly. Haverford West County are away. But Tuesday night, Wayne Jones will be at the Bridge Meadow. <laughs> yes, can't wait, Bill. Can't wait. Great. Before that, though, Wayne, um, the the second half of the season, if you like, with the split having happened now, kicks off today away to the the side at the bottom of the table in Kevin Druids. But I, I know you won't be taking them lightly today, will you? No, um, as we speak now, Ben, um, up in the hotel, um, we stayed over obviously last night, and you know we've, we've prepared well, ready for it. Um, got a team meeting now within hours as it happens, um, but we train well in the week. We, you know, we're organised. We know where the task ahead. So yeah, all cylinders go this end. That's good to hear. Um, how is the mood in the camp after missing out on on the top six? I think the, your your form had been good, so it, it had maybe raised expectations. But you would have taken seventh spot at the start of the season, wouldn't you? Oh, 100%. You know, um, I made it quite clear from day one. Our main objective this year, Ben, to be fair, was, you know, to remain 10th or above. Um, 
obviously with the criteria and everything that's happened now in terms of no teams getting relegated or promoted, that's obviously been taken away from us. But our goals so far have been achieved. Um, so for that, we take a lot of comfort um, going forward. You know, it's about building for next season. Players gaining experience now. And, you know, our objective now and our aim is within the camp is to win, you know, the league we're in at the moment, which is obviously we're sitting eight points clear at the moment. So for us to, you know, give ourselves a challenge to win that, that, that bottom half of the table is what's ahead of us. And that's what our aim will be. Uh, Bill, you've seen so many of the Bluebirds games, haven't you, this season? Um, and, and you've enjoyed some some really big moments that that win against TNS recently stands out, doesn't it? I've seen all the home games and I pay tribute to Wayne because he does a brilliant job. It's a different setup every week. He knows what he wants. And the most importantly, the players know what he wants. So it's it's really a, a cracking uh, time that Wayne's had with the team. I salute you for that, Wayne. But you were a realist and you said from the start you didn't want to be in the bottom two. Now you're facing the bottom club. And I remember when they played at the Bridge Meadow, you telling me that you, and beforehand, you thought they were very organised, very disciplined. Now I know they're managerless at the moment, but they took four points off you earlier in the season, didn't they? They did. You know, um, and to be fair, the home game was, you know, we salvaged a point the last minute um, yeah. from a. Elliot Scotch a free kick, but you know, for me, they, and I'll be honest, I said at the time, early December, I felt because we played them twice within a week, really, yeah. um, and I felt they were in a false position. Um, and I know the circumstances have changed since. Obviously, Bruno, their manager, has left, and you know, there's um, obviously a little bit of transition there. But you know, listen, the same personnel are there. Um, we've just we know where we're going. We got walloped up there back in early December, so you know. I'd like to think, and I identified it, that we're going up there wounded animals and we've got a point to prove because, you know, they're most probably, in all honesty, one of the better teams who've, you know, for 90 minutes absolutely, you know, mm. overawed us. And and for that, you know, it still needs a bit of a t- bit of taste in my mouth, the competitive guy I am. But for that reason alone, I want, you know, the lads to react well and, and obviously hopefully go there with a the view of winning three points. And um, Bill just mentioned uh, Wayne the, the game today, and then obviously the, the home game with Aberystwyth on Tuesday. But the schedule is is relentless now, isn't it? Right the way through to May the fifteenth with Saturday Tuesday games. Does that present challenges for you managing the squad through this period? And and just all the logistics of of travelling away today to Kevin Drew is quite long journeys to come as well. How are you going to deal with that over the next few weeks? Well, uh, do you know, I mean, this is one of the conversations I had with um, Mark Murison, our, our, my assistant manager, last night before training. Is that you know, with the impact it's got, we've we've suffered quite a lot of injuries of late. Um, I mean, obviously, we're unfortunate with Matthew Turner, our goalkeeper, um, last Friday. I mean, he's ruled out for the season. But, you know, what we have had is that, obviously, I mean, we look at COVID and, you know, we, we look at all the sort of excuses as such. But we're nursing quite a lot of players at the moment who have got niggles. Um, and this is before, you know, the big flurry of games come in. So I think game management and, you know, sort of, personnel has to be rotated um, and it will be you know we've considered we've got game plans for obviously Saturday and we're looking ahead we've got game plans for Tuesday who can do what so you know this is where I think the the sort of the reward I suppose of us being able to carry a big squad throughout the season is hopefully going to come to fruit because maybe in the past we haven't been in a situation or maybe even a financial position to do that well currently we are you know we, we, we're fortunate to carry 19 you know what I would class senior players 
Mm. Um, and and it's a problem some weeks having to leave some players out of the squad. But you know, times like this when we've got players who are injured or even suspended, that we can utilise the squad within, and hopefully, hopefully it'll, it'll pay off for us. Mm. It's the same about Matthew Turner, Bill, isn't it? Because he, he's he's really impressed since the, since the the COVID restart. Actually, he was excellent against TNS, for instance, wasn't he? Well, he, well, he's a classic case. You know, Wayne brought him in with with the chairman and. Uh, at a time when the club needed a goalkeeper, a new influx with a goalkeeper, and he, he's done a good job. The boy was only 18 when he started mm. playing, and he, you know, he's not a, a sort of a huge guy. And I thought he was very unlucky. I thought he was nudged over a little bit in the injury, but that's only me. I'm biased. But when you talk about having a big squad, and I know one of the things I love best is I spoke to people like Scott Tankock who say, if we're dropped, we don't look at it as being dropped. We look at it as being rested or someone's playing a bit better and we all are together. That's a marvellous attitude for your players to have and that's a credit to you, isn't it? Uh, and it is. And, and one thing, you know, um, we're not massively blessed with experience, Bill. Um, no. You know, we've got a very young, hungry squad and to be fair, a lot of them are learning their trade. Um, you know, we've got six or seven out of a possible 19, say, who are over 28 years of age, which, you know, I mean, the average, we, we were very, mm. very inexperienced. Um, but by saying that, the attitude of the lads have been second to none. I, you know, I can't praise them enough. And even after, you know, last Friday's 2-0 defeat, you know, I went into the change room. I was proud of them. You know, sometimes you're really disappointed coming off the pitch. But, you know, I don't think we've done ourselves much credit in terms of front of in the cameras there. But I mean, I know we had fatigued players. I, I knew that because, you know, we're, we're overplaying some players who've played a lot of minutes. Um, and we, we were fortunate we've got the resources that we use GPS vests now. And, you know, we know in terms of the distances they're running and, you know, the sort of we've got staff that monitor their weight and obviously you know when they're losing water retention so we know when we monitor after games who who's lost what and you know the science side of the game has improved vastly in terms of the coaching uh, staff this you know this season especially and from from them stats alone we we know that players are basically running on empty tanks sometimes so you know going into that um yeah you know it's a case of monitoring them you know, galvan regalvanizing what we've got, refreshing them, and you know, over the course of the of the next few weeks, it's going to be so important to do that because, you know, we we can't. Re- I think the days have gone. In all honesty, that you pick your best eleven and that is it. Mm. You know, the, we're playing in the national league. We're playing at the highest standard that we can, and you know, we've got to rotate and utilize. And you know, that's maybe some players who've been impatient. You know, impatient. I suppose it's a chance then for them to come and perform. And you know, in terms of maybe play their way into our plans for next season. Um, and that's the way I look at it. And I said that quite openly in our team meeting last night. You know, we've got 10 games, some are maybe most probably in all honesty playing for a contract next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one thing I am with them, Bill. I, you know, I'm, I'm quite an honest guy and I just think that if I'm honest with them, I'd like them to be honest with me. And it works two ways. And, and, and for this year, to bring a whole new group, which is fairly young and experienced into the National League, um, I can only speak highly mm. of them and, and give them credit because I think it's it's gelled qu- quite well. Yes, we've had inconsistent results. Yes, we haven't played on a consistent level and got consist- you know consistent performances. But I expected that purely based on the inexperience of the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we're going to go on to another level, which we plan to do next year, certainly what one sort of um, ambition for myself is to bring more experience into that. And that's one thing we'll do with the support of uh, 
the club. Good stuff. Well, Wayne, stay with us and we will talk a bit more to the Haverford West County manager, Wayne Jones, ahead of today's game with Kevin Druids after the Beatles on Pure West Saturday Radio. morning on Pure West Radio. It's the Beatles and I feel fine. Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. Frank is on the way at nine o'clock. But right now, joining Bill Kahn and myself, we are with the Haverford West County manager, Wayne Jones. We're big supporters of the Bluebirds of course here at Pure West Radio. Today they are away to Kevin Druids in the Cymru Premier League. First game since the league split in half and they'll be looking for a strong finish to the season and Wayne the last few months have been challenging because we've had the Covid restrictions and I know the players have been working really hard to, to maintain their fitness but that must have been a bit of a challenge from a, a managerial point of view to make sure they were all active. So how, how have they been doing? We've, we've had opportunities within we've brought them together and to be fair you know I've been like you said really impressed myself in terms of their attitudes their training methods you know even their fitness levels and you know we've had to work on maybe a couple of players um, giving them certain diets giving them certain you know fitness programs and that's again a credit to the staff I've got behind me in terms of you know Mark Muris and Dave LeGrice um, so you know that that's that's really important but on top of that, I think it's important that I mention the medical staff in terms of mm. Dr. Richard Thomas, um, along with Ben Vituro, because we, you know, we've had to nurse a lot of these players through, and I think without the support and and their expertise, it, these some of these players mm. may not be back if we were we were two or three years ago as a club. Mm. In all honesty, and they'll be important managing this busy period, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. Bill, did, did you have yeah, one more for me? Know, yeah, I do. Uh, on a light-hearted note, I, I chuckle when you say about the GPS systems and the tracking and knowing when. Do you want to borrow one, Bill? <laughs> no, I want him. I want him to be honest. No, I'm all right. I want him to be honest and tell me: Would you have liked that, or would you have hated it? I, I'd be honest with you, Bill. I, I most probably right. I mean, I'm not saying I was ever the great, the fittest going right. You know, I had to push myself all the time. But one thing I, you know, I'm learning about them. I didn't know them. I mean, when I went to coach in Aberyst is when I really got to know about them. Um, because in the past, we didn't have them down here. And they're an expensive tool, mm, you yeah. know. Um, the club, we invested heavily. And that was one of the first things that we looked to bring in in the, the early summer. Um, and I've got to be honest, it, it, I'm, I've gone quite obsessional with it. I, you know, I study it after games in the night when we get all the data through. Um and it, and it is it you you know like you said you can compare notes week in week out game in game out and not just that training you know we know when players are maybe not working their max um, we know when they are we know the distances we can work out the ratio of their their sprints mm. you know per 20 mm. 30 meters and and when you break it all down and and you're thinking right there's certain players in areas it, it can help your selection it, it really can you know in terms of how you want to play do you want to play on a counteracting yeah. you know counterattacking t- a game or do you want a short sharp ball retention play the little details that maybe the average Joe Bloggs will never see. Mm-hmm. But from yeah. a coaching aspect and it, it's quite clever and it makes a lot of sense, you know, obviously. But yeah, the reason I ask is a mole in the camp told me that in all these away games, the breakfast, the biggest breakfast <laughs> eater happens to be the manager and the um and Jordan Griffiths, the um media <laughs> officer. Is that right? No, I will tell you exactly who the biggest eater is, is, is our, I'd be honest, is our goalkeeping coach, James Devnell. 
He is like a magpie. He's going around pinching off plates and everything. Those I'll breakfast buffets. Yeah, that's then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Well, listen, Wayne, and we will let you go because you, you've got a team meeting to come. Yeah. Um, Matthew Turner, you said out, out for the rest of the season. The, re- the rest of the squad looking good. You, I know you won't tell us the team, but you yeah, I mean, we're looking. looking uh, just one little thing. We're hoping to have Jack Wilson back within two weeks. So he's progressing really well. Uh, um, and he's been out for quite a long period of time. But I got to say as well, credit to um, uh, Chris O'Sullivan from S7. Um, who's been, you know, influential in his terms of his return and, and giving him uh, a lot of support in his recovery and doing one to ones with him. Uh, so, well done, Sully. Yeah, you know, he's still supporting the club. Who obviously I know he's he's very fond of and he loves the club to bits. But I think that's right that it's uh, mentioned there. Oh, that's good, good stuff. Well, good luck today, and also good luck on Tuesday when Aberystwyth uh, visit the Bridge Meadow. So we'll keep a close eye on that one. I know Bill's looking forward to to being at that one as well. Uh, have a good game and a yeah. safe journey home. Thank you very much for being with us on Pure West Sport this morning. Pleasure. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, Wayne. And that's a great place to finish the show today. Really enjoyed it. Thank you to Wayne Jones for being with us. Make sure you join us again on Monday evening between 7 and 9. Bill Kahn, Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas will be with me. 8 till 9, we will be live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page. So make sure you join us. Looking forward to that. Have a brilliant Saturday, whatever you're up to. We'll get the news at 9 o'clock and then Frank will be with you on Pure West Radio. Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. With the latest news for Pembrokeshire, I'm Kim Thomas. Following the death of Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, on Friday, the royal family issued a statement on Twitter. It said, It's with deep sorrow that Her Majesty the Queen has announced the death of her beloved husband, His Royal Highness the Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. His Royal Highness passed away peacefully this morning at Windsor Castle. As is the case whenever a member of the royal family dies, there are strict plans in place for what happens next. Each member of the royal family has their own code name, detailing the plans in place in the event of their death. In Prince Philip's case, this code